Hey guys, Carson McCusker signed with the Twins early this summer, and to this point he has refused to stop hitting. So we've got him here to talk about it. With us today, this is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E, though I don't think I would. But thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments. Sometimes we do, Carson, live shows, and so people will ask questions during the show. This is not the case here. Okay. I don't want to put you quite on the spot that much, but um, <laughs> it's always fun to have questions come in from people before, during, whatever. So if you have those, you can leave them on YouTube. You can tweet them to me at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins or just however you get them to me. We are more than happy to have that happen. Also, too, if you want to check out the Locked on Twins post game minutes, we have a quick one minute hit telling you about everything you need to know about that night's game. Look for that under the shorts column on YouTube. Also, today's show brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences, easy for me to say, on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. So run to the app and see if your state is one of them on Sleeper today. And Twins Guardians Tuesday at Target Field is going to be Gavin Williams, the rookie against Pablo Lopez, the grizzled veteran. We'll see how that shakes out as the Guardians are playing a hopeless game of catch-up against your Twins. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. So all that dizzying array of housekeeping out of the way. We've got Mr. Carson McCusker here. Man, uh, delighted to have you. How have you been? I've been great. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and you said you're back home, and in that, in this case, back home right now means Cedar Rapids. Now, the path to Cedar Rapids has been uh, quite a circuitous one, just based on my side of things. And I, I'll have a bunch of questions for you, but if you are able to make the big leagues, and, and make no mistake, we're pulling for you over here, uh, I believe you'd be the second from your high school. Is that Mickey Janis was the first one? It says on Baseball Reference that he went to your high school. Yeah, Mickey Janis. Um... Honestly, I didn't even know that until probably about, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago when I started doing a little research in my high school as well, because like nobody really talked about him. But yeah, pretty uh, pretty crazy name coming from the high school. Well, and uh, knuckleballer, if I'm not mistaken, maybe not back. Yeah, maybe not back in the day he wasn't, because a lot of guys don't start <laughs> that way. Uh, not everybody's R.A. Dickey or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just it's always fun to have those little quirks from uh, different nooks and crannies of the country. No doubt. So uh, how does a guy, so if people aren't familiar with you, you're, you know, what, seven and a half feet tall almost? Um, no, but <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, six, eight, how, how does baseball become your focus? Not to be stereotypical, not to try to take the the layup or the, the high hanging fruit, I guess, in this case, but um, how did you choose baseball or how did baseball choose you? Um, I mean, just always had a love for it. You know, my dad really big into baseball growing up, kind of showed me the love for the game. Um, but I was a multi-sport athlete growing up as well, you know, wrestled, 
played basketball, football, tennis, all that stuff. But baseball was the one thing that I just loved to do, took it more serious than all the other stuff. You know, you're playing all those other sports in the offseason. You're like, dang, I just want baseball season to come up, you know, because I was just main focus. So you your heart wasn't in football, for instance, beyond high school or anything like that? No, not really. I mean, I knew I don't know, I just knew I wasn't going to take it to the collegiate level in any of those other sports and didn't really want to. So you grew up in Nevada. And so it, it's kind of hard to always know from our standpoint, like who would you have, or who did you root for as a kid? Because um, there's teams kind of in every direction from there. Yeah. I was a, I was a Rangers fan growing up. I was born in no Texas. Um, I mean, I only lived there for a few years, but my parents took me to games when I was there and, and then they're really good back in, you know, 2010, mm-hmm. those years. So, I mean, really easy to root for those guys. So I grew up Rangers fan, kind of stopped liking teams as I started getting more into baseball, but still still kind of rooting for them. Well, and the GM for the Twins right now, Thad Levine, was uh, he was pretty high up with those Rangers teams. So that was, that was a Rangers team, too, that uh, I think it was one Nelson Cruz misplay away from uh, mm-hmm. being a World Series champion. Yeah. So, also, yeah. my favorite player growing up as well, Nelson Cruz. Hated to oh, see yeah. that. Yeah. Hated to see that. Well, and we got a lot of appreciation for him as he became a twin towards the end of his career. Just a, a good clubhouse guy. And that 2019 Twins team that he was on, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It was one of the most magical teams I've ever watched that didn't do anything in the postseason. Like, you know, those magical seasons where you win the World Series and everybody talks about it. This team yeah. just hit a whole bunch of homers. And it was one of the most fun summers I've ever had of watching baseball in my life. And so Nelson Cruz was a big part of that. Um, I thought you might have been like an Adrian Beltre fan, but that was a little bit later on, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I like, I'm a pretty big fan of him as well, but you know, Nelson Cruz is my guy. Who's going to argue with that now? Um, so you get drafted in 2017 and don't sign. What um, was it? A you were going to school thing? Was it a, or like you were going to Oklahoma State thing? What what made it happen so you didn't sign? Uh, I mean, really wanted to play Division One baseball. Uh, stepped on campus at Oklahoma State for my visit and just knew it's what I wanted to do. But at the same time. You know, deep down, just kind of didn't really feel like I was ready for professional baseball. You know, um, I came out of high school, wasn't like a highly recruited guy at all. Uh, like had an option to go to one or two junior colleges. Went there, wasn't really expecting anything. And my career just took off and kind of all just happened so fast. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, do I want to kind of develop more before I go into professional baseball? Or do I want to jump right into it and decide I want to get my degree, you know, finish school, get all that over with? Well, I think we lose sight, too, of the fact that everybody physically matures at different times, and the game kind of demands that the first time you present yourself, you're that version. You know, if, if, you're, a, if you're a guy who gets a chance at 22, and you realize that you're, you're not your fully matured baseball self at 26, 27, well, then your window's already shut. So I think it's, it takes a special level of, like, self-awareness to know um, – what you're capable of and what you're not. Because if let's say you sign, you go pro and at 20, you go to uh, just hypothetically Fort Myers or, you know, wherever Milwaukee's system is and you struggle, you don't get to go back to college and you might just be done with pro ball. And you're at an age where it's like, now what do I do? So I think exactly. um, as much as we look at things as a, you know, get money while it's there, that sort of thing. Um, that to me makes a lot more sense than signing just to get your foot in the door in pro ball, because you can be out even faster than you were in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, 
the amount of injuries I've had over the past, whatever, I don't know, five years or so from college, I mean, I could have been out of game like that as well. You know, it's just, they all just piled up, never really played full seasons in college. So, I mean, looking back, I'm glad I kind of went the route that I did. So what was your, your summer experience like in 2017 playing in Chico? Because, um, you know, we see a lot of these collegiate summer leagues and I'll ask you about Northwoods cause that's closer to here, but I don't know as much about the ones that take place outside of the Midwest other than, I mean, Cape Cod, a lot of people know about the Cape Cod league yeah. and that sort of thing. But, um, what was that like? Because I mean, it's rosters of lots of players. I'm sure guys are shuttling in and out. And, uh, at the same time too, though, not much better than playing baseball for the summer. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that summer is kind of a blur. I mean, it's kind of a long time ago, but, uh, true. I mean, it was mostly like kind of junior college guys, smaller school guys, kind of just going in there, getting their summer mm -hmm. summer reps in and stuff. But, I mean, at the same time, good competition. It's not, it's not like you said, the Northwoods or Cape Cod, you know. I mean, you got the best of the best going to those places. But, I mean, it's a good place to get your reps in, get your at-bats. And, and also, Chico's a great town as well. So, it was a fun summer. So you have, you have a nice first year at Oklahoma State, though, uh, and then you go to the Northwoods. Is that basically just like a stepping stone? Like, okay, this is the next part of what players at this level do to kind of continually show what they're capable of? Yeah, I think so. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of bats my sophomore year, first year of college at Oklahoma State. So, And I think Northwoods, you're playing, I don't know how many games. You're getting three off days all summer. So, I mean – that's yeah, like 60, I think, if, yeah. you're, if you're all the way through a 50, something like that. I had a friend, I had a high school teammate who played for the, uh, it was like the St. Cloud Rocks or something, I think, in yeah. that league. And yeah, it's it's a, just a nonstop go, go, go. And it's on the heels of you playing nonstop go, go, go. So it's just, uh, it's incredible how much baseball you can play in such a small amount of time. Yeah, it's definitely a grind. But um, like I said, if you're getting your reps in, getting your at-bats in for the summer, it's a great place to go. Now, the 26th round that you win in, actually, Josh Rojas went a few picks within you, I believe, actually after you, and he's in the big leagues right now with the Mariners. I always love seeing guys from those rounds not only make it, but get the chance to make it, because a lot of our organizations can treat them as afterthoughts. You know, this this top prospect can't play the game by himself, so they get fill-ins and whatever, and I hate that players are viewed like that, but anytime those guys make it to me, is just it's freaking awesome. So uh, it was cool to me to see that there was some uh, – some bold ink in the 26th round before you get there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that fires me up too. Like Mike Piazza's Albert Pujols of the world, you know, those, right. Right. Those are the guys that kind of give you hope when you get drafting those later rounds. So you go to the summer league, um, the team you played on, uh, looks like they're pretty decent, but like, no, no guys who've broken through to the big leagues, at least not yet. Granted, um, you know, that can always happen. Uh, was that a good measuring stick though of like, yes, I had a good year in the big 12, but now I need to take another step forward. Cause I mean, the numbers, it's 140 yeah. players. It's not a ton. So it's, it was a bit of a struggle, but, um, is that a good measuring stick for you? Are you thinking, okay, well, my next step is this. And then from there. Yeah. I mean, uh, that summer is definitely a learning experience for sure. I mean, I struggled, didn't get as much playing time as I wanted, but mm -hmm. I knew, coming out of that summer, the adjustments that I needed to make going into the next college season, what I needed to work on just, so I think it was a good learning experience for sure. Yeah, no, no question about that. I do have to bring up one thing about sleeper, our friends over at sleeper. And if you're into making picks and want to win 
more money and have the chance to win more money with with less picks, head to Sleeper. It's the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money in just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So if you think, let's just say Carson McCusker is going to hit a homer off Max Scherzer, you can actually put your money where your mouth is. So you just go on the app, you take all these stats, you say more or less or more or less. You know, it's uh, it's actually not that difficult. If a guy like me can figure it out, I promise you guys, you can do that as well. There's dynamic payouts and multipliers and all kinds of fun stuff that make it possible for you to make more money with fewer picks and less money put in. Who doesn't want that? Uh, but use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. Again, see Sleepers Terms of Use for details because they are operational in over 30 states. So I can check Minnesota. Uh, you can check in Iowa. We can check wherever we are to see if this works. Uh, but check out Sleeper today. Download the app. Now, I wanted to get to, to Oklahoma State because – so your numbers there are are solid, like very, very good. Uh, but a couple different things. Obviously, you didn't get drafted afterward. But that, mm-hmm. the 2019 season, for instance, uh, phenomenal numbers. Um, won the Oklahoma City Regional and then lost to Texas Tech in the Super Regional. Uh, that was a good Texas Tech team too, Josh oh, Young. Um, yeah. Couple other guys who've broken through: Caleb Killian, John McMillan. Um, what's that experience like? That 2019 season. I mean, you take a. I mean, I'd say a pretty big step forward. It's like a hundred point jump in OPS. Um, you play 52 games. So you get a, you know, but actually 80 more plate appearances. So that's a big deal. Um, what are you feeling after that season and in that season? Because that's got to be a pretty exciting. Uh, season to play through knowing you've got a couple more years of eligibility. I mean, it's just, uh, that to me seems like a dream season for a guy in college. Yeah. I mean, it was probably the most fun season I've ever had playing baseball. Um, definitely heartbreaking at the end. You know, yeah. we were, I mean, what was it? Three, four, five outs away from going to the college road series. But, uh, but uh, I mean, it was great. Um, I came out of that, that season hurt though. I had to take the summer <laughs> off. So it was, it was pretty frustrating, but, I think my main focus after that season was just getting healthy and kind of just building off that last season and hopefully win another championship the next year. But unfortunately had uh, yeah. COVID shutting it all down. So, I mean, it was tough, but I mean, that, that was probably the most fun I've ever had playing baseball. I want to rewind back to Kenosha for just a second. Who are some of the players that you recall playing against? Um, it can be pitchers, hitters, whatever, where, you know, they became, a big deal sense center. You remember thinking that guy is going to be special and it ended up being accurate. Do you, can you think of anybody? Oh man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rake you over yeah. the coals. So I can't have you just look, <laughs> looking without, uh, without anything like that. But yeah. um, so you guys were in the South division. You had Madison, you had Kalamazoo, um, a couple of, a couple of 41 teams ahead of you guys. And two, um, you know, not that many guys, necessarily make the big leagues a lot of guys who make the high minors so yeah. again um matt mervis though i i did see and uh a few other names you know maybe not super recognizable but mervis i mean cubs fans that i talk to are pretty enthused about his future at first base and and all that so um what i like to see too though is the fact that uh guys come here you know minnesota they get to experience this midwestern yeah. uh, louis varlin too is another one so um hopefully someday you guys can uh can reminisce over that uh in the big league clubhouse <laughs> that'd be kind of sweet no yeah that'd be great i like i said i don't 
I mean, I remember there being good players, just can't put names. Well, let's be fair. This is five years ago, and you were, um, (laughs) you know, you were trying to show out. You didn't really have time to really watch the other guys either. Uh, (laughs) But Oklahoma State, so you played with uh, Peyton Battenfield, who um, Twins fans have gotten to know a little bit this year as he's debuted. Uh, John Heasley. There were a few other guys. Um, And I'll get to this guy in a second. But you played with Christian Encarnacion Strand in his uh, his first year, which I believe was also your last year. Yeah. Um, how how this isn't the show about him, but how good was he that first year? Because you look at the numbers and they just jump oh, off man. the screen. I mean, there's a reason why that guy's in the big leagues right now. You know, yeah. you saw the numbers he put up in the minor leagues and did the same thing in college. But honestly, in the fall, he struggled a little bit. So you're kind of wondering, like, is this guy for real? Like, right. what's going on here? And then spring came around just took off you know you and you can tell i mean his bp is unbelievable guys hitting balls away at the yard to all fields played great defense in college as well but i mean super special player is his story a lot different than yours as far as starting at another school and, and moving over yeah i mean i'm not exactly sure what the story is with that but i know i, I know he started oregon, somewhere else i think it was oregon state right um, it was, I think it was actually a smaller school. I want to say it was like Navajo or like, uh, uh, Yavapai, sorry. Yavapai yeah. college in Arizona. He was in, out in Arizona though. Um, and spent, you know, just a little bit of time there, but, uh, just not uncommon for guys, um, to make that leap. And it's incredible to see how talented, you know, I think we, I think we lose sight of the fact that those big name division one programs aren't the only place that have high end baseball talent. And I mean, no coming from uh from Folsom and then him coming from Arizona I mean it goes to show sometimes those guys and maybe that is needing a little extra time before you're ready to handle that full d1 workload yeah I mean like you were saying earlier guys need time to kind of develop and reach their baseball maturity um and at the same time you know you got other factors like maybe grades or like injuries something like right. that that we're forcing these smaller schools at first but I mean there's talent all over the place you know so to what extent did like the weirdness of 2020 really, um, you know, mess with your future? Because again, you only played, what was it, like 15, 14 games that year. Yeah. 14 for yeah. you. Um, not enough time to really get going or, or anything like that. Um, do you think that mattered that much or was it more just, it was a lost season for everyone and you just got to kind of chalk it up to that? Uh, I mean, a little bit of both. Um, I kind of started off that season struggling a little bit, was starting to hit my stride. And then as soon as COVID hit, it was season over. So it was, it was kind of tough. You wanted to get those games in, especially with the guys we had on that team. So I thought we had a pretty good team, but, mm-hmm. um, and then at the same time after that, like you have nowhere where you can do any baseball stuff right. as well. So you can't really develop. So, I mean, it was definitely very strange and we were opening up a new seat or a new, uh, new stadium that season probably I think it was two weeks after COVID hit was when it was supposed to open up so we were all super bummed because uh it was really nice place well so if I'm doing the math correctly would 2020 have been your final year of eligibility if not for exemptions yeah yeah it would have been my last year there so you'd have been a senior sign either way if you were drafted that year or the next yes yeah okay okay that makes sense because I was like 305, 374, 520 slash, and you go undrafted, I suspect. And again, I'm not trying to be critical or anything, but I suppose at your age, 
teams will rather just wait it out and sign you as a free agent. Um, yeah. You know, is that kind of the vibe? Because the numbers were great. I mean, good power, um, you know, just kind of everything you'd want from a power hitting outfielder. Just teams are really biased towards uh, guys who need more time to bloom. No doubt. I mean, and I know I'm not because it was what a five round draft that year. Yeah. And uh, then yeah, 21 was 21 was the shorter draft, but just not uh, all the way short. It yeah, was 20. 20. 20 was five round draft. I got an opportunity to sign a free agent deal. Didn't want to do it because you had no idea what was going on with baseball. And oh, it kind of point. Yeah, point. it kind of seemed like like because they didn't minor leagues didn't play a season that year. So I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going to go on. I'm just, I know the college season is most likely going to be happening, especially in the fall, be able to get at bats then. So. Mm-hmm. went back had the new stadium that we were playing in the next year wanted to do that and then 21 came around got injured i think it was like maybe early late january had to miss mm-hmm. the first three months of the season and after that i'm like ah, oh, there's no shot i'm getting signed now i'm 23 years old i haven't played a full season in college yet like it's definitely not going to happen still was kind of hoping for it you know but just wasn't very uh, very optimistic about it. So you signed with Tri-City. Um, how would you explain – how would you compare the Frontier League to what you had played? Like, let's let's just say Oklahoma State. Like, how what was the comparative level there? Uh, I mean, a lot of similarities and some differences. Um, I mean, there's honestly – a lot of good talent around those leagues. And there's also, you know, you'll get your occasional like lefty submarine or knuckleball guy. And you're yeah. like, dude, what, what's going on here? But I mean, there's running I mean, to Mickey Janice down there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, cause you got, I mean, we played, I played with, I don't know, four or five ex big leaguers. Yeah, I thought Aaron Alter was one of them. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. He was there Raymond Goodwan. And you mm-hmm. paid, you played for Pete Incavelia. That to me was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma State legend. It was awesome. Right, I mean, fish in a barrel right there. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, didn't he hold or didn't he hit like just a billion home runs in college too? So yeah, I mean, what better homers? Yeah, what think... better uh, role model for you than Pete Incavelia? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, learned a lot from that guy, and he's also probably the most players manager you could have going through baseball. So it was, it was a great experience. So twenty twenty one, you play a year in the Frontier League. Um, 31 games. What's your vision after that? Because, you again, you just finished your age 23 season. You mashed, and yet you go back to the Frontier League the next year. Are you waiting that offseason for calls, or are you just like, I'm just going to keep doing my thing, keep doing my thing, keep doing my thing? What's your mindset between 21 and 22? Because, um, you know, at that point we kind of realize things are starting to get a little more normal. Baseball's at least getting back to normal yeah. and that sort of thing. What's your mindset in that offseason? Um, I mean – little disappointment um i thought i did pretty well i was kind of waiting for some calls but at the same time you know it's totally out of control Mm because it's honestly very difficult as a hitter especially to get out of those leagues like you have to put up stupid numbers but um which is what you were doing this year i might add (laughs) we'll talk about that but you were putting up stupid numbers that's that's a very (laughs) good way to put it (laughs) but yeah i mean just sitting around waiting i'm like dang so I did well, didn't get signed. Like, I'm going to try to totally revamp my swing and try to get it to, like, where I want it to be at. So kind of try to do that in the offseason. Um, and then went into the next season, 
with those swing changes and just did horrible the first half. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to make an adjustment again and just stick with that. And it worked well the second half of the year. So you just went back to doing you and it, it was what worked. Um, my question there is after 22, now you're two years into the frontier league. And I mean, I'm, I'm semi familiar with the frontier and that I've just kind of poked around and, you know, it's not a lot of guys who were former big leaguers and it's not a lot of guys who are, you know, super close to the big leagues. Yeah. Um, going back for a third year, was there any thought in your mind of like, this could be it. This could be, I maybe don't even want to go back. What, what was, was there anything in your brain of like, all right, we're going to do this again, but the future is coming up fast. I just, I'm kind of curious where you were at there. This was going back into this year or last this year? year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, year, okay. So last year, uh, you know, two years in the Frontier League, I imagine, you know, you're probably sick of uh, Troy, New York. You're looking for something <laughs> different. But again, pro ball is pro ball. It beats what a lot of people do. Um, no doubt. Would, uh, was there any trepidation going into this year, 2023, a third season with Tri-City? Um, because a lot of guys don't like to be in the same place for three years in minor yeah. ball. I mean, for sure. I was uh, – in the offseason, I was actually just – questioning if i even wanted to still play baseball you know i'm sure gonna be 25 years old still playing any ball it's like not looking good to get where i want to be at so mm-hmm. i was kind of i don't know just sitting there thinking about it and i was like you know what one more year screw it like i can get a job in the next year and if i don't get signed this year then i'm done playing baseball so right yeah i kind of just went into the season with honestly nothing to lose like just playing to play and have fun you know so you put up what I would call stupid numbers. <laughs> Your first two years with Tri-City in a little over 100 games, you hit 18 or 19 homers. This year alone in 37 games, you hit 17. 433 average, 480 on base, a 1,300 OPS. So when I was doing my prep, I was just like, you got to ask him, how do you take such a leap forward? Like what made – Again, 822 OPS and 22. That's not bad. That's a very, very good when you look at that slash line. That's good. This, though, is like Barry Bonds in his prime. Uh, what changed for you? Uh, it was honestly just the midseason adjustment I made in 22. I started doing like a little bit of a leg kick because my okay. timing and rhythm was all just messed up. Started doing that. I think first day I did it, I hit a homer. I'm like, all right. Boom. This is it. I'm doing this. So – Finished the year with that in 22, finished well, carried that in the offseason, started kind of just working on that and just was able to get everything kind of just dialed in and carried on into this year. You obviously aren't expecting maybe necessarily to have an offer come through here, and it does. Um, how surprising is it? And just like, how did that come together? Uh, very surprising. Um, I was saying, uh, like, we had some scouts come into our games and they would. Uh, talked to a couple of our pitchers, never really had any conversations with them. Um, and I think this was probably in like early June or so. And then late June comes around, June 30th or so, just get a call out of the blue from the independent Twins scout, uh, Billy Milos. And he said, mm-hmm. hey, like we just signed you. And I was like, are you serious? Like I honestly couldn't believe it just because it just came out of nowhere, out of left field. And uh, But I kind of just all fell into place after that. I kind of feel like the are you serious is a reflect uh, reflex. But then, like, that would be a really weirdly specific rib. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's pick the guy who's uh, who's busted his butt for years and just pretend he's going to the big leagues. Like, you, you reflexively are like, really? But <laughs> what a you know what a what an exciting thing. Um, so I'm sure if somebody would have told you a couple months before, you would have been like, no, no chance, right? Yeah, I mean, 
definitely not. Like I said, just going into the year, kind of just playing to have fun, not really expecting to get signed. Going to go look for a job after the year to kind of just start my life, you know, but yep. things totally changed. You just got a few more questions. Are you doing okay on time? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, how would you compare minor league ball uh, affiliated ball to the Frontier League? I mean, and again, we have the St. Paul Saints here, which are now the AAA affiliate for the Twins. They weren't before. It was indie ball. Um, okay. It was not uh, – I always thought like uh, – oh, what, what league was it? It was the uh, American Association. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe like one leap above the Frontier League, if I'm not mistaken. Mostly because there's more famer, big famer, former, easy for me yeah. to say, big leaguers in it. But I mean, not, not to make the comparison for any reason other than how much different is the day to day life for a player in each of those levels? Um, at the same, like similarities and differences at the same time. You know, I'll, I'll be explaining it to some guys who have been around the minor leagues for a while and they pretty much say, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it was like pre, uh, pre COVID, like pre all these kind of rule changes and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i mean obviously the talent level here is better than it is in the frontier league um but i mean at the end of the day it's just baseball you know i mean i think there are a lot of guys in those leagues who kind of deserve a shot mm-hmm. i mean had some stuff kind of another go their way like injuries stuff like that or maybe some other stuff but well the minor leagues compress too i mean that hurts a lot of people too exactly so i mean that just brings more talent into those leagues but uh i don't know um I mean, similarities and differences, I would say. And I don't think too necessarily it's more difficult or easier. It's just if you're in the front two league facing guys who are, let's just say guys who are 27 and have been there before, as far as even just triple a, uh, those guys are going to pitch you differently than that. You know, uh, maybe that 22 year old kid, that's a four year division one guy and is trying to show he's got velo rather than really knowing how to, you know, for sure set you up. So I, yeah. I, I can see that being a, a difference rather than, you know, not harder or easier, just different. Yeah. I mean, I would say like maturity wise and just baseball experience, there's a lot of that in those leagues. Yep. Maybe not yep. like the talent in minor league baseball is here. We're in frontier league. It's here, but maturity is kind of flip flop. Mm-hmm. Those both matter. I mean, in baseball, probably more than anywhere else. Uh, you've been in a lot of, well, I guess not a lot, but plenty of cities here in the Midwest now that were probably nothing like where you grew up or where you've played before. What's it like being away from home playing ball? Uh, I mean, I've been doing it for so long now that I just kind of gotten used to it. I, I honestly like it a lot, you know. Uh, but you like the Midwest? Like, that's that's cool with you? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, when I was at – I mean, I kind of consider Oklahoma Midwest-ish. I'm True. not yeah. a little more okay, far south. Fair. But uh, people here are awesome, super nice. Um, weather is great, you know, 75 pretty much every day. But right. For now. Definitely. Yeah, for now. And definitely <laughs> a lot better than, than uh, Florida. Yeah, for sure, well, weather-wise. That's, that's true. Uh, just a couple quick ones here. We'll get you out of here. Uh, what's it like for playing for Brian Dinkelman? We call him Dinkelmania up here. He got a, a quick run with the Twins back when I first started covering the team. Um, I want to say it was 2011, and they had just they had so many injuries. So they basically had, like, the entire AAA team on the roster because back then roster expansion was still up to your 40-man roster. So you could just load that clubhouse with guys. And it Brian Dinkelman and Joe Benson and Steve Holm and all these guys uh, – but he seems like a good baseball guy to play for. Yeah, yeah. Great baseball mind, players manager for sure. I mean, just awesome guy to play for. How did you not end up at first base? That's another one I got to ask. Because, again, <laughs> um, I, like, I'm looking back, like, where did he play? Where did he play? Left field, right field, left field, right field. Like, I'm not seeing first base anywhere. And I'm thinking, man, that, to me, 
Uh, obviously, it probably bodes well for your athleticism, but I still feel like somebody would have tried you at first base by now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, never never even really heard anything about like, hey, we want to stick you over here until maybe last year in any ball. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, was Crazy. never was never great at fielding ground balls and uh, kind of just like <laughs> running around the outfield. No, I agree with that. Uh, last thing I got for you, and I, I hope one of my things is to make sure that I ask questions that you haven't been asked before. At least a couple. I try to keep it fresh. Um, yeah. Maybe good, maybe not. Uh, what's the best reaction you've ever gotten from a pitcher when you've stepped into the batter's box uh, <laughs> at six foot eight? Because even me, I'm I'm a pretty normal height guy. You know, on the bigger side, of course. If people are watching the video, they can see that. But I had one kid. Uh, I was playing in a small town near mine. And he just kind of gulped and the, the catcher said, just throw it, just throw it. And then I hit a triple. And that's like the only good thing I ever did on a baseball field. Um, and people who know me thinking about me running out a triple are probably laughing pretty hard. But uh, what was the best reaction you got? Um, I, th I think I remember a time back in junior college when I was swinging it pretty well. Um, you look like Adam Dunn coming up there or something. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I don't remember what, what <laughs> I don't remember what the pitcher was doing, but I remember the coach yelling at the dugout from the pitcher. He's like, he's a junior college player. He's not in the big leagues. Just pitch to him. Just like <laughs> one of those. Oh man. Uh, I'm sure you could probably tell Juco stories and, and minor stories for, for days, but I don't want to keep you. I want to thank you so much, Carson, for taking yeah. the time. And if, uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, because they definitely should, um, it's on the screen here, Carson underscore McCusker, or just, just Google it. Um, my Twitter search function is broken, so I have to Google everyone I look up, which is completely bonkers. But um, hey, thanks for hanging out, Carson. Uh, best of luck the rest of the year, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully Wichita, St. Paul, and all that's in your very near future. We're we're pulling for you here at Locked On Twins. No doubt, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. You bet. And so, thanks for hanging out with us. With that said, it's a it's a wrap. Excuse me for this edition of Locked On Twins. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure you follow Locked On Twins at Locked On Min for our network and at Brandon underscore Warren. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star review, a thumbs up, a subscribe on YouTube or wherever you are listening and or watching. And this has been Warren signing off saying thank you so much. And don't forget to check back for coverage of the Guardian series starting tomorrow.